I'm R.A. Schwartz, along with my co-hosts for tonight, Pat Ralph and Rachel Galligan. Welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W. Using X's and O's, along with key stats, we bring honest and critical analysis. Real quick, I'll let Rachel say hi, and then Pat, you're going to dive in and talk to us about New York versus Phoenix. Hello, everybody. Happy to be here again. Hey, guys. So, yeah, we're going to start. We're going to do quick little roundup of uh, what's going on in the league on this. We are recording Tuesday evening um, and kind of a little bit of a glimpse ahead as to what is coming up this week. Uh, the notable games uh, to get you guys caught up and up to date on everything going on in the W. Um, to start, we're going to start first um, in Westchester County, New York, where um, Diana Tarazi uh, showed us why she is uh, going back to our GOAT conversation last week, guys, uh, why she might be going down as the greatest scorer in WNBA history. Um, she had one of those classic games tonight, 27 points. She hit seven threes. Um, at one point, she was seven of eight from three. Um, and Phoenix got back to their winning ways tonight. Um, they snapped that two-game slide that they were on and uh, really ran the Liberty off the floor, um, really in the back end of the third quarter and then through the fourth by a score of 83 to 69. They got off um, – you know, they were playing well first. They were up 30 to 16 at the end of the first quarter, but New York rallied really well in the second quarter. And at the start of the third quarter, they cut it to within five. And it looked like at some point that the Liberty were going to get back in this game and, and maybe make a run. And that was going to be a close finish. Um, like the game was a couple weeks ago when they played their first game of the season uh, at the garden. However, though, Phoenix just could not miss tonight. They were they shot sixty, almost sixty-one percent from three tonight, forty-eight percent from the field. Um, it was just one of those breakout offensive games for them when you know when Phoenix gets hot, um, and they got. And then this is on a night where Brittany Griner didn't really play that well offensively. She really wasn't doing anything special. Uh, Dewana Bonner had a really good game. She had eighteen points. She hit four threes, um, and it just really for the Liberty. Um, you know, this is another bad defensive game. I know a lot of it was Phoenix shot the ball well and was just. Diana Tarazi wasn't missing anything, and they were just—they hit 14 threes tonight. And it's—it's it's hard to win when you get when a team is making 14 threes. Um, but a lot of it had to do with the Liberty were giving them wide open looks. Like there were some looks tonight where they were just pulling right up, or they set a screen and Phoenix would get a wide open shooter, and nobody for the Liberty would be within five feet. And tonight was really the first time. And then I'll throw it to you guys to get some reaction and, and thoughts. But tonight was the first time, or second time, I should say, um, in as many games that I'm starting to see some verbal and emotional um, frustration from the Liberty now. They're now 4-9. They've lost three in a row. Um, they, the players seem really frustrated because they just couldn't get a stop tonight against this team. Katie Smith was rolling her eyes at one point in the third quarter. Um, it looked as if she was rolling her eyes at a uh, at a a call that she didn't agree with, but I think that we can all say that it was part of a grander thing that she's pretty frustrated right now with the way the team is playing. Um, and everybody saw how frustrated this team got on Sunday when they just didn't even show up to play against the Sparks. Um, this team, it's getting late early. I tweeted that earlier tonight. I think that it's, it's getting that this is uh, that this, this season is starting to slip away quickly from the Liberty. And tonight was just not a good performance at all from them defensively. Yeah, I, I peeked in on the game a few times, and I checked in, you know, at the end of the first, and I was like, oh, this, this game's gone. And then I checked in right around the beginning of the third, and it was a two-point game at the, the 9.07 mark with Tina Charles making a shot and, and pulling it close. They just ran away. And we've talked about this a lot, Rachel and Pat. Um, when Bonner's going, 
and, and I know there's a lot of attention, but Bonner is the, the key to this team's movement. And the stats are just, you know, Brittany Griner led in rebounds right now, but zero offensive rebounds. And that's something that, that Bonner really brings to the court. I mean, she only had one offensive rebound. So today isn't the greatest example with five total rebounds, but five assists. I mean, she's feeding the ball. She's getting the ball. What can't she do, Rachel? Well, that's the thing about Bonner is she can do a little bit of everything. Uh, I mean, she shot the ball extremely well, four for six from the three-point line tonight. I mean, that's that's incredible, just, just like a team stat, let alone you know someone of her caliber shooting it well above 65% beyond the three-point line. So, um, you know, she, she is just that catalyst to this team. When she's going, they go. Um, we've called her the X factor, I think, 87 times. Um, and, and she is. I mean, she, she's just – She's this hybrid player that can do a little bit of everything, um, offensively, defensively, um, with, the, with her length. Um, everything that she brings to the table is just its so valuable. I mean, we, we could have a whole podcast just on Dewana Bonner. Dewana Bonner. So, um, you know, kind of my takes, just kind of to expand from, from Bonner, from the game, you know, I, I've seen a Liberty play live now a couple of times. Um, and I'm a little bit, like, kind of perplexed um with them a little bit because I, I i but not too much because i we all felt like when we were talking about the the preseason and, and the rankings and where we thought everybody was going to fall um the, the liberty were in the discussion as, as one of those teams we felt i like could really struggle at that moments um i even had them as kind of one of the lower teams in the league and, and it's not even necessarily because of talent i think it's just a matter of the complete um, I guess newness <laughs> to the table for them, um, but but you know there's no question there's talent on the team. Um, there, there's no question that um, they've got the tools to win games. They, they've proven it. But what I what a common theme here is just kind of digging themselves a hole. Um, not every mm-hmm. game, but but several games where they come out from the jump and and like this this one in particular against the Mercury. You know they dig themselves a 14 point hole after the first quarter. I mean that's that's no way to start the game. Right. You've got to find a, find a way to get yourself up and get yourself going. You can't allow Phoenix to come out and drop 30 on you in the first quarter and you've got to you've got to get yourself going offensively. Um, and then you know, the same thing. They they get going a little bit in the second quarter. Um, kind of kind of make up that mm-hmm. that lead a little bit going into halftime feeling a little with a little bit of momentum and then you come out in the third quarter and you just get dominated 23 to 11 in the third quarter alone um, so it's it's like to, for me in Liberty it's it's almost like from a coaching standpoint getting yourself up and going um, whether it's from the start of the game whether it's after halftime um, and it alarms me a little bit to hear you talking about actually a lot you know kind of the body language thing things that you're seeing um, Hopefully right. it's nothing too serious, um, but you know you start seeing teams turn mm-hmm. on each other, start get, getting chippy, people were on their eyes. You know those those are things to really be aware of when you're watching these teams that might be in um, maybe a little bit of a slump or a little bit of a, a lull. Um, every team is going to have them this yep. season. Every team from top to bottom. Look at the links. You know, look at look at every every team that we're covering are going to have high high point high points and low points, and, and be aware of just kind of the body language. So I thought that was really interesting when you brought that up. Something that that stood out to me, and uh, obviously uh, something that's curious to me, obviously is, is the liberty, their style of playing, things like that. But but more so, what I wanted to talk about right now is Brittany Griner. If you look at the stat lines, you know the the key stats, if you will. 12 points, 9 rebounds, 4 for 10 on the field goals, 4 for 4 from the charity stripe. 
But what sticks out is those six blocks. In some ways, you can yeah. call it a victory when you when you hold her to 12 points. You know, in 35 minutes, Brittany Griner only scoring 12 points is a success for the defense. But can can you just talk about it? I mean, it's 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 almost yeah. it's ridiculous. Give me. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know what to say. Like, right. what? <laughs> That's the thing we were, t- they were talking about tonight on the broadcast. It was the team was saying it's like, if you look at it from the Liberty's perspective, I mean, in that third quarter, I mean, Griner still only had like six points. She had a good fourth quarter. She scored half, I'm pretty sure she scored half or at least, you know, a, qu- a third of her points there in the final period. Um, you know, from the Liberty's perspective, it's like, you know, they, this was a, this was a, this was a DT show tonight. Uh, along with Dewana Bonner. I mean, this is the night they got Griner on a night where she was not, you know, not like she was playing the other night in Chicago where she was just, you know, had a double-double and was just dominating until she, you know, knocked Steph Dolson out and was out of the game. But, you know, she, you know, this was, you got, tonight was a night that like you needed, you had a great opportunity here. Like, oh, Griner's not playing well or not playing great. But you could just—it was like somebody said it best tonight on Twitter. I forget who it was, but somebody said best. This tonight was a game that you know Diane Tarazi was just not going to let Phoenix lose three in a row, um, and she just took that game from the start, from the from the you know took the Liberty by the neck and just stomped on them. And um, as you guys mentioned, I mean, just the Liberty—it's a—it's you make a great point, Rachel. They get off to some awful starts, slow starts where they play they—they're inconsistent on both ends of the floor. Like a lot of times, they get off to slow starts and opponents they're playing against also get off the slow starts and they can't take advantage of that. Uh, that happened on, on, uh, on Friday, last Friday against Vegas. And then Sunday, they just, you know, didn't even show up to play against the sparks, but I, I'm starting to see a lot of frustration. I'm, I'm just seeing a lot of that. And they're, they're an incredibly frustrating team. You, you said perplexing. That's a great way to put it. Cause it, they're very, it's a very frustrating team to watch because um, you know, on paper, they should be better, but you see it on the court, and just something just does not seem to be fitting. But um, and, and Phoenix again continues. It's just I'm I'm actually writing something tonight for the site tomorrow, which should go up about pretty much why Phoenix has been so good this year. Like why are they playing so well? Why they've won nine of their last eleven games? And and you guys have alluded to it, Dewana Bonner, and the fact that she could do a little bit of everything. And they've got defense. They're playing better defense now. This is a good Phoenix team, and and they're a title contender. So one thing I want to say before we move on to to Rachel kind of opening our eyes to the Lynx Seattle game is something that's definitely going to be a topic on an upcoming podcast. So Rachel, Pat, we're definitely going to have to speak about this. What it's like for the Liberty as far as this is a team that again for the past you know four years playoff contention, top four seed going into the playoffs have really struggled when getting the playoffs. But, you know, if when we're talking about rebuilding teams, Indiana accepted that role. You saw that in offseason moves. Washington, not Washington, Chicago has accepted that role in some regards. And there's been a couple other teams. Atlanta has accepted that role in some regards. I've always felt that going into this season, New York did not accept that role and was not willing to accept that role. And now the harsh reality has come true that they are in a rebuilding sort of season. And I think it's hard when you're talking about the mentality of the players to keep that face on when you're a team that's so used to being at that upper echelon. And now you're, you know, you're hanging out with, with not, I don't even want to call it playoff bubble teams. You're hanging out with teams that most likely aren't going to make the playoffs. Rachel moving forward, link Seattle, Maya Moore, Sylvia Fowles, just domination. I mean, talk to me. <laughs> I hate to tell you, 
Rachel, your tweet was perfect. <laughs> I had to throw that out there, right? Um, it was it was timed perfectly. Yeah. I'm glad my you know I like to call myself Nostradamus. No, I'm kidding. But honestly, and I, I, I I'm not I have not been worried about Minnesota from the jump um, because they have greatness. They they've proven that, um, and it goes back to my previous point, and I even alluded to it in my article about teams hitting lulls and peaks at different points of the season. Um, and I think it's really interesting with, with Minnesota. I mean, they, they come out tonight and against the Seattle team, this was kind of, in my opinion, one of the biggest games kind of on the slate just to kind of, it, it was going to tell us a lot about Minnesota and where they're currently at, um, you know, coming in on a four game winning streak. Okay. That that's great. But now you're playing Seattle who is like right up there at the top of the league. Um, so this was a very revealing game uh, being played at Minnesota. And, and I mean, they, they were, they were dominant. I mean, they started out just, you know, after the first quarter, it was 25-14. Seattle kind of had a slower jump, and um, it was, you know, right around the same margin at halftime. Same thing, third quarter, came out hot, outscored Seattle 27-21 in the third quarter. And really, I mean, they were kind of um, in charge of, of the, they kind of controlled the entire game. Um, and I can't say enough about the play of, of Maya Moore and Sylvia Fowles. I mean, you know, there, there was, you know, even a couple weeks ago, some banter going around of, man, like, what's up with Maya Moore? What's up with Maya Moore? She's only averaging like 19 a game, uh, which, which sounds ridiculous <laughs> to say, but I mean, she, she has now, uh, I think what she has done here, these, these last, you know, week and a half, couple weeks is just kicked it into that extra Maya Moore gear that, that no one else has. Uh, she finished with 32 tonight, um, uh, and seven rebounds, Sylvia Fowles, a dominant performance, 28 points and 17 rebounds. I mean, I, just those two alone. I mean, I I could go down the rest of the stat sheet, but like there's really no point. I mean, those two alone were so dominant and so um, they could not, they could not be stopped. I mean, it it was fun to watch because you just saw the greatness in those two alone. And um, you know, you saw Minnesota just completely in control of that game. One thing I was really looking at, which is, which is interesting here. um, I was kind of breaking down offensively and defensively some of the numbers that the links um, have been putting up just through the course of the season. If you remember their first nine games, um, there was that four game losing streak in there and kind of a few wins here and there. And it was kind of a hodgepodge. And this is when everyone's kind of freaking out about what's going on. Um, offensively, they were scoring um, 77 and a half points a game in that period of time. In these last five games alone, they've doubled that or not, not doubled that they've upped that average by 10 points. So they're now averaging 87 and a half points a game just in these last five games. So their offensive production has, wow. you know, gone through the roof by, by mm-hmm. a complete margin of 10 points, you know, defensively from those first nine versus these last five, they're holding their opponents to mm-hmm. five less points than what they were holding them before. Um, so they were given up around 80 and a half points a game. Now they're just giving up about 75 and a half points a game. So you're seeing kind of, they, they, they've really stepped everything up offensively, defensively, you know, especially offensively. And I think a lot of that goes to Maya Moore um, and Sylvia Fowles doing what she's doing right now. Um, but if you remember in there, there was that week and we kind of talked about that uh, where they, they had lost, I think on the road to, to Connecticut and they had about a, a very rare week off where they could get back. And I think coach, coach Reeve called it like a mini training camp <laughs> and they got back to the basics and they kind of worked on the things that they needed to work on and, and themselves and getting back to what they do. And ever since that period of time, they've been on that five game winning streak. They're beating their opponents by an average of 12 points a game. And it's not just, you know, slight margins. I mean, they're, they're, they're putting out some dominant performances right now. 
Um, and really, we should not be surprised about this. I mean, this is the Minnesota Lynx we're talking about here. So if you really thought they were just going to roll over and this just be a complete wash of a season, I mean, I, I hate to tell it to you, but I'll call you crazy. Um, and I think tonight tonight is kind of that statement game. That's not to say they're going to go undefeated the rest of the season or anything crazy like that. But I think it shows like, OK, like they've they've got greatness on that team. They're playing with confidence right now. Um, they've had some time to kind of get this, this, this roster, Zandalassini stepping up, doing some things, you know, um, they're, they're playing at a very high level right now. And they showed it tonight against Seattle. I can't argue with that. I mean, a lot of people might point to, and, and we talked about this, I believe Rachel, or we almost talked about it, um, in our last episode about, you know, players really stepping up last time we were talking about it with Liz Cambage, players stepping up on a losing team and how effective that is and how ineffective that is. Many people might point to Stewie and say 27 points, 3 for 3, 10 for 14, you know, pulling down 6 rebounds, to you know, all, filling up the stat sheet in many ways. But the thing is, and that people need to keep in mind, is that's a great stat fluffer for Stewie, but that doesn't mean so much. When the Lynx are, are, have that domination going on, they can kind of say, okay, let Stewie do her thing. That's totally fine. I mean, none of the other big-name players really – I mean, Canada scored 13 – but you got six points from Howard, nine from Bird, and, and five from Lloyd. That That's not Seattle Storm basketball. When they're playing like that, and Stewie's the only one carrying the team, as amazing as she is, that's not going to get you wins against the LA Sparks or the Minnesota Lynx. I was slightly shocked about this. I know it's a different type of makeup, you know, Minnesota versus LA. But because there's been certain teams that have just, you know, Seattle, Connecticut, and and Dallas have had such such great games against top talent like LA that I kind of in my mind trick myself into thinking that they're going to be putting up you know big games like that against Minnesota and it just hasn't been so far Rachel from watching the Lynx and it's just from I watched that game Friday night that really uh, kind of a statement when they had on the road against Phoenix um, and then seeing it tonight, it seems like a, I think it, it feels like a key part. I know you alluded to this a little bit was it feels like the bench players and some of their role players are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable and starting to kind of feel get into more of a routine. And a, there seems to be a little more of a, on a rotation and stuff and just more confidence. Is is that something that you've seen, too, so far over these le- over this five game win streak? Absolutely. And I think it really kind of primarily, in my opinion, comes down to Zandalassini. Um and mm-hmm. I think she's playing at a different level. Is she at her maximum potential? No. We're, we're going to continue to see what Zandalassini can do. And I think Coach Reeve is kind of loosening the reins a little bit more on her when it comes to minutes, um, her, her trustworthiness with her, and kind of letting her play more. We've seen her minutes steadily increase um, in just, just the course of these last couple of weeks. Uh, she's you know, she, she's a proven scorer. She, she, she can score. She can fill it up. You know, she, she put up seven tonight, just, you know, went, went three for four, did what she did, came in off the bench was, was that spark, gave him some great minutes. And I I do, I think that not that the bench is deep. No one is saying that (laughs) we know that that's not the case with the links, but if you have that one person that kind of can come in, that is playing a greater role than maybe what was happening earlier in the season, that can make that much of a difference. Um, I did want to bring up one point too. I think right now what the Lynx are doing on the boards, um, especially in this game in particular, were, 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 was a difference maker. 
Um, they, they've really been dominant on the glass. And even in a game like tonight where, yeah, you've got Brianna Stewart, who, who's just playing out of her mind right now. I mean, she's, she's incredible. One of the best players, if not the best player in the league right now. Um, but, you know, they were dominant on the glass. They, they out-rebounded Seattle 42 to 28, um, 11 offensive rebounds. I mean, they just didn't have an answer inside um, for, for, you know, especially fouls, five offensive rebounds and, and the second chance points that that leads to, um, you know, that that's, you're not going to win that game more times than not. Um, and I think when it came to Seattle, uh, you can't have Jewel Lloyd going two for 11, you know, um, especially you, there's got to be someone else, you know, that, that, that stat line's got to be, you know, six for 11, <laughs> you know, she, she, she's, right. she's too key of a, um, factor and what they're doing offensively to um, do that. I'm not saying that's the reason they lost the game, but that hurts tremendously. That you know that just puts that much more stress on stress on Stewie or someone else to kind of step up. But um, yeah, back to your point. I just wanted to get throw that in there. I, I think that the bench production from the Lynx and Zandalasini really is kind of what I'm talking about. Has made a big time difference, and I think we'll continue to see her minutes improve. And, um, or really go up and, and she'll continue to be even greater of a factor as she gets more confidence. And I think it's a, a very wise opinion to uh, to point to a lot of the success about the, the comfort of Zandalasini and, and her play because I've been on the Zandy hype train for a while. Speaking of top teams, really good games, D.C. and Connecticut played today. Arguably their last game was the best game of the season so far where D.C. had that 30-point lead. Connecticut rushes back takes a lead late, ends up losing by five, I believe, just because of a ridiculous game by Elena Deladon, just putting the team on her back. I was there live, and I got to say it was really a game of of quarters. And I hate breaking it down to quarters, but the first quarter, Washington was just dominated. I talked to Pat about this earlier right after the game we were texting. Washington, at the end of the first quarter, had had four total points, all right? Four total paint points and second chance points combined. To me, that's not going to work. You need a paint pre- a paint presence. Latoya Sanders needed to step it up, and a lot of that had to do with Shanae just dominating down low. And and I mean, I was blown away. I got to say this off the bat because I know I'm much more of a Jean Quell fan than than the Shanae fan. And I think as far as the setup of this team for for the for the long term growth of this team, or at least currently, I think as as much better that, you know, Shanae has been playing this season. I still personally would take JJ over her. But Shanae's paint presence and the way that, like, she's getting double teamed and she's reaching her hand between two players, bending on one foot, doing some crazy yoga move and flipping the <laughs> ball up to make a layup. And it's it was mind-blowing, her ability to do that. Defensively, I really saw a lot of a struggle from Connecticut. It was it was much less of Connecticut imposing good defense on Washington that caused them to lose. But going back to the quarters, in the second and third quarter, they just got handed the game Connecticut did. Washington 28 to 21 in the second and then 33 to 15 in the third. There was a huge like I think 5 minute or 4 minute streak where they just couldn't score. And that's not Connecticut basketball. Connecticut lost the rebounding lead that they had that really took them to that next level. Rachel, I know you you focused and you pay a, t- a lot of attention to Connecticut. Talk to me about Connecticut's struggle right now. So what what I feel like is happening, you know, we're, we're seeing a little bit of inconsistencies, especially when it comes down to um, 
I guess shooting the ball. Um, I, I, you know, just just being one consistency beyond the three point line, um, having that inside presence, which you alluded to. But for me, I think the biggest factor in kind of all of this, um, we're seeing. Well, you still have Alyssa Thomas who, who's out and she's injured, and that is a big uh, factor into this. I mean, that's that's a big part of their offense. That's twelve points a game. She's averaging thirty one minutes a game. So with her out, that completely changes the dynamic of like everything they're trying to do. You know, with this great run um, headed into kind of what they were doing, they started out super hot, um, and then they kind of they face the injuries. Thomas goes out with that shoulder. They go on that really tough um, road swing where like nobody got any sleep, everybody's exhausted. You know, it, it was it was it was difficult. And so now I think with Thomas out, um, the team's a little bit off kilter a little bit out of whack and and for me from what I'm seeing so far I was able to catch some of the game tonight I just didn't see enough flow offensively I thought things were shot selection was a little bit more choppy than usual and they're not shooting the ball well from the perimeter yeah I I mean just to speak on that Shakina Strickland one for five from three they shot 33 percent and it's not to say that they can't shoot I mean they're a team that can definitely shoot I did notice in in warm-ups not that this means much but they were struggling to make the deep ball in warmups, but Shakina got an early bat, an early bucket. I mean, she went one for seven on field goals, one for five from three pointers. I mean, it was it was bad. They were just blatantly missing shots, and it, it looked forced at certain points. They weren't setting up for good shots. And I think another thing too is is that, um, which is very uncharacteristic of Connecticut, is they, fin- they had seventeen turnovers tonight. Um, not a team that turns the ball over pretty disciplined and not a team that uh, you're finding with that high of a number. Um, so it's really just, again, it goes to that consistency. Again, not having Alyssa Thomas, I mean, that can't be said enough because she really is kind of like that MVP for them who can do, uh, like we were saying with Dewana Bonner earlier, a little bit of everything. And, you know, the question now becomes, uh, which is interesting, is is what we're seeing now in Connecticut, is this just a blip on the radar, a rough four, road trip where they've lost four out of five and they just need to get some home cooking and back in those home beds? Or is this just a – are they regressing to the mean and that start we saw was just a hard, hot start? We're going to see over the next couple of weeks to see what unfolds. But um, this definitely has, I think, tempered uh, any of our expectations with Connecticut because I know we were all – jumping for joy when they uh when that with that start just expecting that they could be in the finals and now i think everyone's cooled down a little bit so it'll be interesting to see because they've kind of it's been a a season of runs for them so far yeah let me add something real quick i I think you know we're talking about offensively and them shooting the ball whatever i'm looking at the stats here okay 33 percent beyond the three point and it's really not it's not it's really not bad you know so i might be a little bit harsh with that um i think what we're seeing especially probably in these last six games look back at defensively the numbers they're giving up started out with the Seattle storm. They give up. Well, actually we can even go back before that, uh, that game, that game versus the mystics where Deladon threw everyone on her back. You know, they gave up 95 and then they turn around, they play Seattle, give up 103. Then they go, then they go to Phoenix and give up 89. Okay. Then you go to Atlanta and give up 75. Atlanta's not going to score a ton of points. Okay. The fever, no offense. Okay. They score 78. And then you turn around again, Tonight, and the Mystics give up 92. Now, there's some high-octane offenses in there. There's no doubt about it. But defensively, you've got to find a way to slow them down. Um, These are numbers that weren't necessarily, like, this high earlier on in the season. You know, defensively, they were holding teams to 65, 
77, 72. Well, Rachel, answer me this. Their, their scoring has also dipped. Do you see it more? I, I, I know you're kind of hinting on this, but I just want to get you, I want to put you on spot and make you make a definitive statement. <laughs> Are you seeing more? Because, I mean, what? They were averaging like 92 a game early on in the season. They were, I think, like their first four games, they scored 100 or something ridiculous like that. Are Do you think that it's, it's a happenstance of their scoring has tapered off or is their defense getting weaker? I think any a lot of coaches would tell you, hey, you know, your, your offense is going to be fueled by your defense. Um, that, that's a tough one for me because Connecticut is a, such a high-octane offensive team where it could be the flip side. So if you're making a definitive, definitive statement about that, I mean, just kind of glancing at these numbers right now, I'm always going to err on the side of defense. Um, when you're getting stops and you're defending, um, you're making people shoot tough contested shots or turning people over. Um, not turning it over yourself, that's going to fuel your offense. So I, I, you know, I feel like that the issue is lying on the defensive end of the floor, and that is just my humble opinion. I, I, I appreciate you actually giving an answer. A lot of people would try and sidestep it. <laughs> Moving on to what some are dubbing the most physical WNBA game in years, Dallas and LA are playing right now. It's a five-point game with under three minutes left in the yeah, we half. We gotta wrap this up. 40, I gotta go. <laughs> we gotta wrap exactly. We gotta wrap this up real quick. <laughs> Dallas is dominating, and we've talked about this, Rachel. We thought we we knew that both teams would be coming out to fire. NECA doesn't get to play this game due to some back issues. Um, what do you think is going to happen when when this Sparks team is missing NECA Gumake just in general? Oh, I mean that's that's. That's huge. I don't know. That's. I mean, she, she's so valuable to them offensively, defensively, um, even as a leader on the floor with the energy that she brings. Um, so that's a major blow. One that um, I think a lot of us were kind of, um, kind of shocked to see. Um, so I, it's going to be a blow. Um, but but at the same time, this is a well coached team, a veteran team, still with some young players who are able to step up. They're extremely talented. So I, I think this is going to be a close game. It's going to come down to the wire, but. It's 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 a team that I know LA they're not a they're not afraid of but that's that's one they look at on their uh, on their schedule and it's like man that's that's going to be a tough one because it poses some serious matchup problems and it poses even more matchup problems now with NECA out. Yeah, let let's see how they run from it, Pat. I want a few thoughts from you real quick because then I want to ask you both three rapid fire questions. Go, Pat. Absolutely. So I think this is really interesting tonight because, you know, obviously we saw what happened last week. Dallas just ran them off the court on their home floor on Friday. Just a really uncharacteristic performance uh, from the Sparks to just go on the road and just lay an egg. Um, So I really thought tonight I figured, okay, Sparks are going to come out. They're going to be ready to play. They they pounded the Liberty on Sunday, and I figured they don't want to get embarrassed twice in one week, let alone lose twice in one week uh, to Dallas. I figured tonight they're going to come out, um, you know, ready to play. But then it, you mentioned the big thing, the big development. Have no Neko Gumake, you know, with the back injury um, out day to day, and we're seeing, you know, right now it's a, a four point game here. Um, Dallas has played well on the road, um, and that's what you've got to do with the Sparks. You've got to come out and play well because the Sparks play so well at home. They, they can just run away from you early and stuff and hide like they did on Sunday to the Liberty. So, um, I, I mean, as you, you know, when NECA is not in there, it makes a world of a difference because she can do a little bit of everything. She can defend. She can facilitate. She can shoot. She can play down low on the block. 
she can rebound. There's a reason why she was MVP two years ago, and there's a reason why there's some who think she should be MVP again this year and why she's one of the most efficient players in the league. So, um, And she's one of the best players in the league. So I, I really, you know, the loss of her not having her in the lineup is – is it's tough and and um and she's just they you know they, she can't be she's an irrepla- irreplaceable player all right real quick rapid fire so we can all get out of here and watch this game rachel you first then pat dream versus sky who wins go sky pat sky it's a camp day baby at home let's go the kids are gonna be going nuts all right all right all right next game on the docket tomorrow Connecticut versus Fever. Sun versus Fever. Rachel, go. Ooh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be the Sun. <laughs> Pat? Is that game in Indiana or home in Connecticut? I believe it's in Connecticut. Uh, give me the Sun on the back-to-back. All right. And then the last game on the docket tomorrow, Dallas Wings on a back-to-back, taking on the Aces in Las Vegas. Pat, you first. Hot take. Let's see. Asia Wilson double-double against Liz Cambage. Aces pull off the upset. Rachel? Wilson will play great, but uh, Wings are going to win. Ooh, the Wings have some consistency in Rachel's eyes. You heard it here first. Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing stuff. Thank you so much to my co-hosts, Pat Ralph and Rachel Galligan. I'm Arya Schwartz. This has been the WNBA Insider Show. Tune in because we got you covered on anything you need, WNBA.